This is East Carolina All-American Brian Packard, and we're talking pirate baseball and the sports objective. You're watching Extra Innings, presented by PGXGloves.com on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live, our YouTube channel, and X as we talk East Carolina baseball. We'll analyze the previous week while also taking a look at what lies ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome into Extra Innings here on the Sports Objective, presented by PGXGloves.com all the way in LaGrange, North Carolina, and that would be Kyle from LaGrange. How are you, sir? Doing good, Dave. Uh, great uh, great weekend for the Pirates. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Oh, yeah, there's the little ZZ top. Great weekend for the Pirates. Uh, take two out of three over the uh, over the Tar Heels. Um, obviously, today was, you know, it doesn't get any better than that in terms of just back and forth, fun, entertaining baseball. So, uh, great, great weekend for the Pirates, and... Uh, yeah, how's uh, how's everybody else doing, Matt? Matt, how you doing? Doing great, guys. What a week of baseball! Yeah, that's uh, that's. A... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. That's it. That's your song, yeah. Matt. That's I mean, your give song, me a little. Matt. Listen, if we're gonna talk Jersey, give me a little Bruce Springsteen. No, no, no. Hey, I, I, I picked that for you. Guys, I, I picked you that for you, Matt. Jersey no, boy, Matt Rabbit. I told right, you right. guys that Matt would be like, that's not my style. That's not the my best style, part. Hey, that's the best debate. part. I won that debate. That's the. I knew he was gonna say that. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah, you uh, definitely knew that was coming. But uh, like, glory yeah, days. guys, what we a week! What glory what, days. Yeah, oh, glory days is good. Springsteen. Springsteen's all right, you know, he's uh he's all right. But uh yeah, guys, what a week of baseball. Obviously a lot of ups and downs looking at the Campbell game and then the Friday night game against UNC, and then for this team to be able to rally and put together two straight wins here to win the series. You know, you, you gotta win these series, even though it's early in the season, you gotta win these to be able to host a regional and, and advance. So uh huge win for this team today. It was fun to watch. No doubt. And uh Bubba Rosenbaum is actually going through the city I was born in, if anybody cares, the city of Greensboro, North Carolina. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Um, obviously, a pair of one-run losses Tuesday and then Friday night, but great to bounce back. And it, unfortunately, had to hold on yesterday in that 7-4 to four game uh, in Fayetteville, but then today, you know, what a – crazy game. I know we'll get to it, but it was almost two games within one. Uh, a pitcher's duel followed by a game that uh, resembled a, a midweek affair. No doubt, guys. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, by the way, if you didn't know, official numbers, a uh, brand new record, 6,017 watched uh, the Pirates and the Tar Heels today. And, and Boy, it looked great on TV, too. Good God almighty. You and Matt about Bubba and I were standing side by side 
uh, with my great son Alex, and you guys were watching television. So we got we were there. You guys were watching on television. So we have the best of both worlds. What was uh, what was it like on television? Uh, the crowd looked great. The atmosphere was, you know, showed up very well on TV. Sounded good. Looked good. Looked big time. Okay. Um, they they um, the uh, you know Mully did a good job as color analyst. The uh, the best the play by play guy. Um, uh, he was uh, he uh, boy, I, I think he might have been a bit of a Tar Heel fan. Uh, but um, anyway. <laughs> it was a uh, good, 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 good broadcast overall. Was it Darren LeVon? I'm not sure who it was. I, I'm not familiar with the guy's voice. Maybe somebody uh, can can comment on that. Um, the, okay. One of our listeners, Dave. I'm surprised you didn't go in the press box. No, I did not because I was with my son, so I did not. Oh, um, okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah, uh, Richard's asking. By the way, um, this is an easy question. Why wasn't the Fayetteville game on television? Well, apparently there's some dumb rule. Um, that whenever there's a minor league park, I guess we can't have it on ESPN Plus. Isn't that right, guys? And the only time I can remember the game being streamed on ESPN Plus through a minor league park was from Kannapolis, and there was no audio. You guys remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's accurate. I, I know the. I know when, we, when we played Duke, it's been on ACC Network Extra, and then I know when we've played. Like Kyle mentioned, when we played Queens and Canapolis last year, it was it was broadcast on Plus. Well, maybe I it's think most parks just aren't set up for it, Dave. Is what it is. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I think that's the situation. Okay. Well, anyway, we uh... the bigger issue I had with that is um, my um, I don't know about anybody else. Again, uh, listeners, um, please let me know. My bit, my IDX Media app quit working about midway through the the game yesterday in Fayetteville. So I could not listen to it until I got in the truck. And then we were heading south, actually, down to Dunn. So I lost the damn signal. I had to follow along with some app that was like the old Game Tracker app. Well, by the way, uh, Johnny says, and I believe Johnny, uh, Johnny says he believes it's a woodpecker's decision. Well, wouldn't you want Segar State, wouldn't you want the stadium to be on there? And you can talk about how the woodpeckers play there, Fayetteville, um, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We won. Um, my point, the whole thing was with that Saturday's game, the attendance was amazing. Look how many pirate fans. I tell you what, there's a lot of Tar Heel fans out there. We can, uh, uh, I see, I see. Um, to get more people please? to come, to get more people to come, they didn't want the game to be allowed on TV because they're probably pl- paying a premium to get UNC and ECU in the stadium in Fayetteville. So they want to sell that some bitch out. Um, so that's that, probably the reason behind yeah, that. Maybe it is, but it's over 6,000. And something else I got to thinking regarding the, the topic of the coverage for the game on Saturday, thinking back to last year's midweek game against Charlotte, which was played at the Charlotte Knights ballpark downtown. That game, if I'm not mistaken, was on ESPN plus and, you know, I vividly recall that because it was probably about 75 to 80% East Carolina fans. Yeah. And and our crowd was so loud, they it oh, was very, very apparent that they turned down the, the crowd mic to make it less apparent how much pur- purple and gold in East Carolina was present there. And I'm also happy, by the way, guys, I don't know if you could tell it on television, I was wondering how many Carolina fans. I don't think there was as many Carolina fans today as I've seen in the past in Greenville. 
you could see some, um, right. but it was it was dwarfed by the purple and gold. Yeah, I mean, there was, the, of course, the section that they have for the first base side that's always there, but what a game, what an atmosphere. And I heard uh, people say this in the stadium walking out. Uh, I want to get you guys on the radio, uh, radio um, watching television, obviously, and uh, Bubba's opinion as well. Um, that it was a regional-like atmosphere today. What What did you guys think about oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Watching it on TV, yeah, it, it definitely reminded me of a regional or super-regional type environment, absolutely. Um, no doubt about that. I wasn't there in person, but, yeah, that's how it came across on TV. I'm sure everybody would agree. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Craig's comment. He says, dang, I thought you had the big boss man on the show seeing Kyle's photo. The well, you know, you know what? There's going to be some hard times. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's yeah. I'll, I'll be dealing out long, long. You know what, Dave? I think you said animal, and I think I said I look more like the big boss man. So it's funny somebody else said yeah. that. But yeah, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be dealing out hard times like they do in Cobb County, Georgia, Craig. So you watch out, or I'll be coming your way with my nightstick and carrying my ball and chain, baby. You don't want to follow yourself. You don't want to find yourself falling on the wrong side of the big boss man. I will be laying down law and order. Oh my goodness! All right. So Matt. Uh, let me, I got to ask Matt a question. So was there redemption by the Pirates for the UNC series? Uh, I know that you were upset this week, so I just want to see what your, what your thoughts are. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, was, uh, I wasn't too thrilled after the Friday night performance, but, yeah, they, have, they absolutely stepped up. They got it done. At the end of the day, you know, the biggest thing, obviously, is that they won the series. But when you really look at this, guys – just looking at today in particular, we went through a number of pitchers. I, I, I lost track how many pitchers we went through, but that's going to be really good for this team, you know, to be able to play a game like that in that environment in front of, you know, 6,000 some odd people in a big spot to have young pitchers get experience like that. Guys like Lorenzo, who we've all commented on, looks like. I think it's, I think it's D. Lorenzo. Okay, De Lorenzo, like a bulldog yeah. out there, but to be able to get that kind of experience in that spot early in the season is going to be a huge benefit for this team. It's going to be huge, um, yeah. and most importantly, you got the win. So you know, a lot, a lot of positive to come out of this weekend. Hey, Matt, he got he had he, he want to talk about be thrown into the fire in the deep end of the pool. Uh, he had to grow up in a hurry, being a true freshman. You put him out there, but I wanted to say there were some people questioning. You know how fans are. You can hear them making comments, and that's not me. Um, but let, the best time, well, the great thing about our coach and coaching staff, period, is how much they believe in these players. If he had no confidence, if Austin Knight, Palumbo, all of them didn't have confidence in DiLorenzo, do you think they're really going to put him out there? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so it's yeah. great to have uh, – yeah, yeah, he he came out and he stepped up. He did a good job. If it wasn't for the, uh, it wasn't even really necessarily a wild pitch. It was not a, it was not a great pitch, but it catcher should have handled it. Um, if uh, if it weren't for that pitch, I mean, who knows? We might not have needed the bottom of the ninth. Um, but I thought he looked. He did not look intimidated by the situation. No, and that was the biggest thing to me. He came out there and he throws heat. Um, I I like him. I like what I saw out of him today. I think he'll be a weapon for us down the stretch. And by the yeah, way, how about the big hit by Bristol Carter? Huge fan of Bristol Carter, and I know that he's young, but my God, you know, Matt, he was uh, he was a guy that they thought may go really high in the draft, 
Um, but he comes to East Carolina, and that guy's special. I, I'm telling you guys, um, stating the obvious, but you wait till that kid's a junior. That's all I'm saying. He, he's really special. He's kind of like if he can get it going like J.C. was a couple years ago as a freshman. Yeah, like you talk about a confidence builder. For for him to be able to be to be in that spot in the ninth inning with an opportunity to win the game and then deliver on it, he delivered as a freshman, what, two weeks into his collegiate career. That's a huge, huge confidence builder for him. That's something you can build on, um, you know, and carry that forward. So I was really happy for him to be able to get that. And then, you know, obviously just a lot of young faces on this team too. Yeah, he was, you know, Carter, Crystal Carter was the highest drafted uh, player in the American Athletic Conference freshman class coming in. Um, so could could have signed a contract be playing in the big league. So he's not your normal stereotypical freshman on paper. He stepped up in a huge situation today and made a huge play that, you know, it's only going to get confidence going forward. After Friday night and, and losing those balls in the uh, at twilight, uh, yeah. those fly balls just – and one of those things, it's great to see him bounce back. Good point, Bubba. That was yeah. a really good point, by the way. Yeah, that's a very good point because those, you know, arguably cost us the game Friday night. So, um, yeah, um, nice to see him bounce back and have the game winner today. Very good point. And, and guys, he's a, he, that's one thing is that if you remember media day, not to harp on it, but when uh, JJC was asked uh, about him and uh, about his defense, he paused and said something like, well, he's getting better. And so some, cause somebody asked, why isn't Bristol Carter starting? And it's not about his bad. Um, and in fairness to him, again, he's a true freshman. So this level of baseball is uh, no matter how great the talent, um, you always hear about Matt with uh, football, uh, with the biggest, you know, jumps from like high school to college, college to the pros, to the NFL and you with, uh, with coach Logan, I'm sure that was the case. This is a kid who has amazing talent and uh, the coaching staff are working really hard with him and all the players like JC taking him under his wing, being from Guilford County also um, really working hard with him. And so, Hey, I, the future's bright. The good news is Kyle, I was thinking about you during the game because remember when we were talking last week about four games and we were praying at the very least, we were going to go two and two <laughs> And man, we had to fight to be two and two to win the series and to um, be five hundred for the week. Yeah, two and two. Um, you know, uh, I kind of had a feeling we were going to lose the Campbell midweek. Um, so I, I, I thought sweep, sweeping North Carolina would be hard, but we needed to win the series, and so we took care of business. We're two and two. We lost a one one a one a one run game to Campbell. And um, was it a one-run game lost Friday night in Carolina yep. also? Was it 2-1? to one? Yeah, yeah so, so basically two runs is the difference yeah. between being 4-0. Oh yeah, yeah you, could argue, well, you could argue the other way today. So, yep. I, um, so you know, it is where it is. We fell where we fell. It was a good week overall. Um, we certainly won't go down in the polls. We may move up. Not that that really matters. But, um, no, it was uh, – we, we overall took care of our business this week, particularly this weekend. And, uh, man, we needed to win today. And we'll go and we'll – and uh, we'll we'll break down um, a little bit of Campbell and talk about the game through the week. Uh, great job by the umpires this weekend. Justin Butts is pointing out. I agree. Um, the um, he's saying that to me. <laughs> the um, well, I, well, Dave always complains about the umpires, but um, I uh, 
I lost my train of thought there. I was going somewhere with this. Um, that we're going to break down the games. Oh yeah, we're, well, yes, yes, we'll break down the games. But I wanted to say uh, today how important it was to win today. Um, you have a crowd like that of over six thousand people there to support. Um, they're electric. Uh, you, you jump up four to nothing, um, and then you're in a war. It, 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 neither team, you know, you, the old stereotypical neither team deserved to lose that game today. Um, but uh, that right there, you know, who knows how many people there, that was their first East Carolina game. I'm sure people bring people with them to these big games like that, new people to Greenville. Yep. So you, you need to win a game like that in that atmosphere because people that haven't been before, they're going to want to come back. Hey, Matt, you were talking about premium tickets. I saw some tickets. I don't know if they were sold, so let me be – but they, for the box seats, uh, because Semenza, you need to bring out your pocketbook, your wallet rather, $376 for a seat uh, for the today, for this uh, game today. Mm, mm, that's definitely a <laughs> that's definitely a pricey a pricey ticket. But uh, <laughs> next time I come down, let's get four of them. It's on. What, 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 what is your deal with premium seats, man? Why have you got to have premium seats everywhere? Well, you got you got to sit in the box. You get the uh, you know you get the, uh, the the suites, the whatever the hell it's called at the football games. Tell you got to have a box at the baseball game. Why can't you sit amongst the people? Like, do you think you're better than everybody else, man? Is that what it is? <laughs> No, he wants to be able to drink the rum and cokes, and he can't. I don't think you can have a rum and coke in the stadium, can you? In the seats, I yeah. want. I want the bottle service. I want the good food up there. Yeah. You know, it's, the waitress is serving you food, right? Drink. And I like the view. I like the view better from that angle. It's a good view, but uh, yeah. By you the know, way, uh, Kyle, next time, listen. When I come down, I'm going to get four of those for us. Okay, All for right. baseball. Okay, for baseball. Okay. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy it. Oh, we're look at this! It. Justin Butts is the best. Matt has a premium seat anytime he comes to Greenville. There you go. And by the way, thank you, Justin. Appreciate Matt, it. Little did Justin know he means just he, he meant in his lap. So you can take that. For oh wow! Yeah. Um, just Justin, nice. after after just what you said, I don't know if that's gonna be the case. I was lobbying hard for Kyle today to have one of the on the road again trips uh, with equipment and uh, the football team. And uh, he was gung ho about it today, but after that comment, I, I think uh, I don't know. He was talking about even your favorite team of Charlotte. Maybe you can you can ride to the Charlotte game in the. Oh but, man! Wow, that's, that's <laughs> cross country right there, baby. All the way to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Army game? That would be more fun. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, I have a. I, I gotta have, say, Campbell is just as unlikable as Charlotte to me. There's something about yeah. Campbell. I don't know what it is. Um, very good team. I respect the hell out of them as a baseball team, but they're very, to me, very unlikable. Hey, by the way, uh, one thing I want to mention, I wanted you guys thoughts on this really quick. And, uh, and then we'll, I promise Bubba we'll get to the games, but one more observation I made is I got, I had some jungle seats today, right? So I'm going all the way around. There's and a good problem to have for our school. Uh, there's nowhere for Alex, my son and I to sit. So I'm looking in center field, and they have a like a little bar, not bar, but a, like a little thing set up where you can buy beer or whatever. Why can't we have a big, massive television, a massive television in center field where we could be buying drinks, beer, water, whatever your favorite drink is, and watch the game? You could actually get more people there. And right behind center field, that's more people right there. You're, you know you're not going to be able to watch the game from right there anyway because of the batter's eye. So 
I don't know why we can't do that, but um, I love the jungle. The people are fantastic, so I don't want to sound like I'm a snob because I really uh, love it out there. I just don't like the fact that I can't really follow the game. And if they at least had a situation, it was sold out. I got those tickets, um, and I think it would be fun for those of us that are friends like Justin and Bubba and Johnny Gardner, JR, Matt, all of us that are Pirate fans to hang out there and watch the game, and that gets more people. More people in and more excitement where maybe it'd be a destination for folks to say, hey, yeah, I was out in center field. What would you – hey, Matt, would you have got a name for the center field bar or area where we could have premium or drinks or something? Uh, the Sports Objective Lounge. How about that? The Lounge. There you go. TSO Lounge. There you go. That sounds good to me, and uh, that sounds good. Let's get to the games. Uh, Bubba, I know that on Tuesday. Go ahead, Bubba. Stadiums. Yeah, obviously we're going to focus primarily on the weekend and what transpired between the Pirates and Tar Heels, but you know, as Matt was kind of referencing a, a moment ago, uh, how frustrating the last couple years have been uh, when it comes to playing Campbell. Four straight one-run losses – you had some yeah. free passes and errors that really, uh, you know, that really just put you in a bad spot on Tuesday night. Uh, I think that their first three runs of the game came off of one hit in that third inning where, where we had maybe a couple of walks or a walk and a hit batter and then boom, the three run home home run by Grant Nip. And then, and then the pirates battled back and, took the lead and just could not close the game out at the end. Uh, you know, whenever the, whenever the pirates, you know, threw a punch much like East Carolina did to North Carolina today, uh, and Campbell countered and, you know, they found a way to get it done. And like coach Godwin said, post game, they were just better than we were on Tuesday night. Yeah. That, uh, not to pick on Will Coxon, but didn't he throw out, he, th- he was trying to throw out a batter at second. To pick off uh, that that uh, runner and throw it into center field. Yeah, you had that miscue, and then that was uh, late in the game. Seems seems like perhaps uh, he's not the only yeah. one. So uh, J Dub, I'm not busting on J Dub because it's a team sport. Um, but I know I remember that one towards was that like the eighth inning or it's towards the end of the game, I believe. It feels a life like after this uh, today's game alone, it feels like Campbell was a lifetime ago. Yeah, we took the lead in the eighth and then blew it in the ninth. So um, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I do remember that that we took the lead in the uh, in the bottom of the eighth against Campbell or the top of the eighth against Campbell and then blew it in the ninth. One other thing of note about that game that was perhaps in the post game, but I think Bob is using your robot. Cunningham is a situation where the pot any better now? Yep, you good? Yeah. But Carter Cunningham had hit into a double play when the Pirates had an opportunity, um, maybe the first three guys in an inning had reached. And we got a run or two, but it could have really been one of those crooked numbers, you know, four or five runs in an inning. And we hit into a double play, but then Carter bounced back and later on uh, had a double and, and, you know, drove in a couple runs. Yeah, I I um I, I want to ask you guys this too. Another thing that came come comes to mind 
when reflecting on this week, how many teams can say that early on in the season, the second week of the season, you have the likes of Campbell and North Carolina for your four for your four games in one week? You know, probably not very many. Um, I know that was the only uh, you know top twenty matchup I think today, um, where two top twenty teams were playing each other. At least I think so. Um, um, don't quote me on that. Um, and then Campbell, obviously, top twenty-five caliber team. I don't know what they did this weekend, guys. Uh, did they? Did they? Who did they play this weekend? Did they sweep? They may break into top twenty-five too. They beat Santa Barbara last weekend. and beat us midweek. So yep. Campbell had a good weekend. They may break into top twenty-five. I'll pull that up right now, guys. Okay, thank you, Matt. Uh, and uh, Stevie's saying that I'm not that I'm being negative. I'm not being Monday morning. Or actually, it's Sunday night. But um, we did beat Carolina, and uh, I love. I love my team. And, you know, hey, we were just talking, breaking down the game. Um, as I said, if you were listening to the show, I said. I thought, I'm pretty sure Stevie's just messing with you, Dave. Okay. So, <laughs> if I know Stevie, he's, he's hey, messing with you. Irving says the Jungle Bar name, Jungle Boogies. What do you think about that? Jungle Boogie. Yeah. Jungle Boogie. I, I like it. Yeah, that, that'll work. The Jungle Hunt. Hut, just jungle, like jungle hunt, but jungle hut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I would love the it. Safari Lounge. The Safari Lounge. How about that? They swept Ohio. Uh, John White said. They swept Ohio. Well, anytime you can sweep the sweep the. I, I didn't even know the Bobcats played baseball. So anytime <laughs> you can sweep Ohio in baseball, well, good. They swept them. Campbell has uh, Coastal and UNC coming up. They will break the top twenty-five. John says. Yeah, they, they, if they win any of those, they definitely will. Speaking of Coastal, I was just kind of flipping through the baseball scores today. This one just kind of jumped out at me, not to change topic, but Coastal beat Cincinnati 25-2. to two. Good Interesting God. score there. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're better than us, remember? They have the Big 12 baseball. Come on, Kyle. I mean, well, uh, you know, Cincinnati's baseball program has always been – uh, iffy at best. Um, and just because you join the Big Ten or excuse me, the Big Twelve doesn't immediately make you have a good base. It should help their recruiting over time, but you got to have a commitment and investment in baseball. And they they've never had it at Cincinnati. They did build a new stadium several years back, but they've never had a big commitment to, in, to baseball in Cincinnati. And I don't see that changing anytime soon because they're you know they're they're going to have to put everything they can into competing in the Big Twelve and base in uh, baseball and excuse me football and basketball having to raise the budgets in those sports to compete. So um, baseball is probably going to take an even bigger backseat. Yeah, they were doing a little bit better, remember, in the American. But yeah, oh, yeah, well, they were competitive. They were always competitive, but their records were never that good. They were always a tough out, yeah. but, you know, n- never really won a lot of games. Oh, John White said that, that he thinks that they can um, win those games, that they'll break the top 25, meaning the Campbell and UNC, um, excuse me, Campbell playing – uh, Coastal and UNC this week. Oh yeah, no doubt. If, if they if they win those games, they'll definitely break the top twenty-five. Uh, they'll be pretty close this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they break it this week anyway, because they, like I said, they beat UC Santa Barbara two out of three last weekend, and they were in some top twenty-fives. Um, they beat us midweek. We were number eleven, and they sweep Ohio, they sweep Ohio. So um, I don't know what the bottom half of the top twenty-five did this week, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Campbell uh, break into a couple polls. There's only one hundred and seventy-three uh, uh, college baseball polls out there anyway. They'll break one of them, and if they don't, the sports <laughs> objective will create one, and I'll put them at twenty-five because ours will be just as official as anybody else's. <laughs> 
I didn't know that you uh, you stayed up all night to count all the po- number of poles. One hundred. That's one hundred. seventy-three. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, let's see. Steve is asking. I hate to change the subject. Yeah. How is our football team looking this year? And then I oh, thanks for all you do. I will come. We'll come back to that. We'll um, do that maybe later in the show. Yeah. Well, we we'll just I'll comment on it briefly. Um, I if you kept up with the uh, with signing day and all that. Um, uh, we did rather well with NIL, um, brought in the quarterback from Michigan State, the quarterback from Missouri, uh, the receiver from um, from uh, Miami uh, by way of West Virginia, or from, by, from Florida State by way of West Virginia. Um, so um, we did really well uh, with the portal and NIL for football this year. A uh, huge step up from years past. I'm feeling very good about that. And certainly, um, ba- like all our sports are looking good, uh, we'll talk about Obviously, men's basketball didn't look good yesterday, but uh, uh, man, softball is looking great. Uh, our pro, our pro, basically, if we can get men's basketball up, and that's a whole other show. We're doing baseball right now. Um, we, we'll be doing great uh, pretty much at every sport. Yeah. So even volleyball, volleyball went to the NVIT this year for the first time ever. So. Uh, Matt, uh, let's talk. Uh, I was getting to ask Bubba. I was getting to ask Bubba to break down the Friday night game in Chapel Hill, and then he goes off the screen. Uh-huh. I, think, <laughs> I think I think Bubba cut out. You know, I, one thing I was going to just jump in with guys while we're waiting for Bubba to come back here. I know he's going to comment on this, but just how impressive the starting pitching was this weekend. Well, why don't I mean, we work backwards? Why don't we work backwards, Matt? Um, why don't uh, the three of us can can certainly handle breaking down today's game because we were all engaged. So why don't we go? That's what everybody wants to talk about anyway. So let's um. Let's jump into today's game, if, if you don't mind. I don't mean to cut you off, Matt. but um, No, no, and that, and that actually highlights my point perfectly because, again, today, I mean, fantastic starting pitching. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, that's – when you anytime you're going to go into the into a series with these three frontline starters, you're going to feel really good about it. I mean, this team is built for a three-game series. Um, so I think right now – and I'm, I'll kick it to Bubba. Bubba, I know you got cut off there. We're talking about how great the starting pitching was this weekend, but you know, I think what this team is going to need to find is just some consistency in terms of the middle relief and the closing roles. Which, you know, obviously it's early in the season, but you know that we'll have to clean that up a little bit and get a little more efficient there, Bubba. But just in terms of the starting pitching, absolutely hey, fantastic. Guys, add to that, Jay. Look what Jr. Yeah. is the man, the stat guys. And I'm going to pitch it to you, Bubba, right after this. Our weekend starting rotation has a combined ERA of 0.84 through six games. They've only given up 13 hits and 32 innings with 45 strikeouts, 45 Ks. How about that? That's impressive. We just need the bullpen to come around a little bit and we'll be good to go. Yeah, and I think they will. I think that they just need some more work. Uh, you know, um, we, we knew the starting pitching was going to be fantastic and we got a lot of great arms and it also um, situational pitching, you know, um, that's one thing that, uh, bringing matchup, you know, analytics, uh, you know, bringing a pitcher in for the faces batter, all that kind of stuff, uh, the strategy. So we'll, I think it's good. Bob, we, um, we'll, we'll, we'll break down the weekend here, uh, get, get granular. We'll start off Friday night, uh, in Chapel Hill pirates, uh, lose two to one. Um, I believe that was the score. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, to, uh, to, to the yeah. Tar Heels, to the Tar Heels, uh, uh, it, uh, if you guys, uh, Bubba, go ahead. Um, if you want to break down any stats, statistics, whatnot from Friday night's game with the uh, with the Tar Heels. 
yeah, I was I was just going to expand on the, the starting pitching, and obviously the, the head of the rotation is Trey is Savage, and and Trey was excellent. Uh, he was he was not um, not as efficient as he would have liked to have been against Ryder through about eighty pitches, uh, maybe a little over eighty pitches in four innings. Although, you know, you know, very good numbers otherwise from from the standpoint of uh, you know not allowing any runs or very you know, very few, maybe one hit or something to that effect. And that that one hit did leave the yard, but uh, just not. Just not his best day as far as command, but after throwing I don't know, right around 50 pitches in the first two innings against the Tar Heels, um, but finding a way to work through it, and the, the UNC very potent lineup and some very some very good at bats in those first two innings, failing off a lot of pitches, a lot of deep counts, but then in the final I think four innings, Trey only threw probably 45 pitches, so he was extremely efficient. From uh, the third inning on, um, finished the night, six innings, one run on four hits. Two of those four hits were those balls that were lost in the lights. Or I say the lights, uh, lost at twilight uh, where Bristol Carter simply uh, didn't get a read on them off the bat. Um, could not locate the baseball, but um, 11 strikeouts in six innings. At one point, he struck out five or six in a row, just a single walk. And, you know, that was a sign of what was to come all weekend long from ECU starting pitching. And, and we'll have some uh, more numbers there. I, I know Johnny Robertson talked about the numbers thus far um, th- through seven games, but um, we'll tell you exactly what they did against the Tar Heels. Um, but um, you, you had Bill Ritchie and Wyatt Lunsford Sheikman, you know, see some time out of the pen. And you know, the Pirates, I think, had six or seven hits in the game. Uh, yeah, seven hits for the Pirates, six for the Tar Heels. Uh, you had Riley Johnson, Carter Cunningham, and JJC. Um, you know, those guys, uh, particularly Carter and, and uh, Jacob Chickens Cowart, had very, very big weeks. And, um, and those were the three Pirates that led things offensively against the Tar Heels. Also had. You know, some hard hit baseballs that just did not just did not find a hole. Um, but uh, as Cliff said post game, and you know, it was just one of those one of those nights. And the Tar Heels were just a, a little bit better than we were, but it wasn't wasn't a performance you know to hang your head about by any means. Yeah, and by the no, way, guys, and, and the Pirates didn't hang their head as we as we as we saw Saturday as we bounced back. But go ahead, Dave. Uh, through seven games, the offense uh, just uh, tallied up fifty-four runs in seven games for the Pirates, and we've only given up like twenty-five runs. Um, so overall, uh, very for the first seven games. Uh, hey, five and two, two games you you lose are respectable. Um, and they're both one-run losses. We didn't get blown out by anybody. So um, I think that this is not the – obviously, this is not the ceiling for this team. We're going to work hard. And I think when it's all said and done, um, we got a big week ahead with ODU on the road on Tuesday. And um, celebrate tonight. It's always great to celebrate with uh, – as it beating the Tar Heels. But um, Tuesday, we got a big one on the road against ODU. Yeah, no, and we'll, and we'll, and, you know, we'll get to that. It'll be interesting if we have any uh, hangover after this one. But um, we got a yeah. comment on the screen. Yeah, John White just 
elaborating on Trey Savage's performance, I wanted to mention this before we moved on to to Saturday's game. But uh, John said, I'm not, obviously not uh, Coach Godwin, but Trey was still 94-95 and, in his opinion, he, he would he would have left him in the face. Vance Honeycutt still around that 90 pitch count, which was his number for Friday night. And he really got stronger as the game went on. As I mentioned, he threw right around 50 pitches. I knew 26 in the first inning and approximately the same in the second before only throwing about 45 from that point on, which obviously is about 11 to 12 pitches per inning. Yeah, and, and coach, you know he he's fast to pull the trigger. He, he does not want to. He, he never lets the guy wear his arm out. That's for sure, and that's a good thing for for their careers. But yeah, at times I'm like, just leave the damn starter in. Um, but it's not it's not the way we do things, and uh, you know that's fine. Um, Bubba, you want to move on to Saturday? I wanted to ask you uh, what the atmosphere was like at the uh, minor league park there in Fayetteville. Um, you know, I was I'm assuming. What was the uh, pirate to uh, to Tar Heel ratio, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, six thousand two hundred twenty-eight, the largest crowd that Segra Stadium has ever seen, and uh, you know, forty-six hundred seats. So you can do the math there—a little over sixteen hundred standing room only. And uh, it was an excellent atmosphere. Fortunately, the the weather turned out to be better than anticipated. Um, only a few drops of rain right there early in the game. Um, but from that point on, um, you know, you had, you know, I guess, partly cloudy skies and, you know, and the sun would come out for a few innings and then and then uh, hide behind the clouds. But uh, all in all, very comfortable 60-degree day at Segra Stadium. The Pirates, you know, really jumped on the Tar Heels early. I think that the starter lasted just three and a fraction. And um, it, it was Zach Root just – and Zach Root uh, is our PGXGloves.com Pitcher of the Week. And, you know, we had a pretty challenging decision. You know, all three starters yeah. were tremendous. But uh, Zach, obviously, just his second start in a weekend role, seven innings. No runs, three hits, seven strikeouts, no walks. Just an excellent outing for Zach, the the sophomore lefty. Incredible stuff there. And uh, I tell you what, you guys are right. Uh, We keep these arms healthy with the starting rotation for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I think the midweek, excuse me, with midweek, but the mid-relief, as Matt was talking about in the bullpen, et cetera, I think they're going to be uh, just fine. And I think it's a matter of what do you guys say that like you're still trying to find out that rhythm of when do you bring guys in? When do you not, um, you know, like Lungsford Sheikman, there's different ones out of the pen that are so good. Um, how about Danny Beal? I mean, you know. Yeah, Beal saw a lot of action this weekend, maybe too much. Um, yeah. And uh, no, we, we, we got to find who, you know, we saw something with DiLorenzo. Yeah, they they got to find the rotation that works out of the pen. And again, you know, um, we're not going to see bats as good as Chapel Hill, uh, you know, very many times for us the year. Um, obviously, we we blew it Friday Tuesday against Campbell. Also, we almost blew it Saturday. As we get to that, we were, we're up seven to nothing, and um, you know, late uh, late rally by the Tar Heels make it uh, got it to seven to four in the ninth. Um, Bubba, how nervous were you there at Zegra? Pretty nervous. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like you said, seven run lead, seven nothing going into the bottom of the eighth. And um, Jaden Winter, very excited about the things that Jaden can do this season. And we, we've heard a lot about his development um, from Cliff Godwin and Austin Knight uh, going into the season and the way he had pitched in the fall and uh, during the interest squads this spring. Um, but yesterday, unfortunately, Jaden just his command uh, was lacking a bit. You know, was pitching from behind and gave up a couple home runs, um, one of which came to Vance Honeycutt, uh, one of two bombs and five on the year for the talented, uh, I guess, junior. Tar Hill um, from my neck of the woods on Salisbury High School. But um, to uh, Danny Bill's credit you know, and, and Dixon Williams' credit with the diving diving catch at third, and we, we found a way to uh, get out of that jam after the tying run came to the plate for the Tar Heels. Man, and talking about Honeycutt, guys, that he is explosive. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he's a threat every time he comes up to bat. And – you know, if you if you just if if you don't place you know your pitch perfectly, he's he's got a chance to go yard. Really impressive player there, but um, you know, obviously, you know, like you guys mentioned, we're not going to see many lineups offensively as potent as this UNC team. And from a pitching perspective, you come out of it feeling great, even though it was more stressful at times than it needed to be. But to get guys again that kind of experience and get a lot of arms work this weekend early in the season is just going to pay dividends and, and, you know, you got the win. So that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I don't know if I come out of a feeling great from a pitcher standpoint beyond the starters, but it was good to get guys work. A lot of young guys and, um, you know, ah, they, uh, they, they, they kind of worked their bullpen. Um, but we hang on to win a Saturday, um, seven, uh, seven, four, uh, in Fayetteville, which even the series at uh, a game of peace. And uh, come to Greenwood today, and uh, that's where the party was. Uh, as the Pirates uh, jump up four to nothing on the Tar Heels, kind of a uh, going through the motions game. And uh, as I was watching it, I kept thinking it ain't gonna be this easy. There's no way sure. it's gonna be this easy. And uh, sure enough, when um, starter has to come out, they get into our bullpen. The Tar Heel bats come alive, and it is back and forth, punch counter punch the rest of the game. Uh, one of the most exciting, just you know. For it not to be a regional, super regional game, just for a Sunday game, one of the most exciting baseball games you'll ever see at the collegiate level or any level. Yeah, def- definitely, no <laughs> doubt. Hey, guys, how about how about in the in the ninth when Starling was oh. up to bat and he hit that bomb to left field? Oh, I jumped up watching that with my son. Oh man, me and my son were watching that game, and we're jumping up and down. We're like, "That's gone! That's gone!" I mean, it looked, it looked gone. Off the bat, it curved off. Did it curve in the last second? Yeah, yeah, and it it won't hit as deep as we thought it was at first. I'm having a lot of problems with my sciatic nerve, and I have a lot of sciatica, so I jumped up and grabbed my lower back at the same time. Like, yeah, it's over. And then I'm like, I just hurt myself for no reason. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, laughing at you, it just sounds like me. It's something I would say. Uh, uh, did, did it look kind of a, a funny story guys? about that? Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No, Bob. I was going to ask you. You were in the park, and Dave. Did it look? Did you think that that ball was? Oh, Dave couldn't see anything. <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, it I was tough was to. It was tough to tell Matt because the sun was setting there, and uh, and when the when that uh, baseball went two or three feet foul, whatever it was, you know, 
it was, you know, it was extremely close, obviously, but you know, off the bat, I thought it was, I thought it was ball game. And you know, right when Jacob Starling was coming to the plate, I told my buddy, Kevin Mills, that was standing oh, yeah. beside me on the concourse there. I said, I said, now there's some that I might like to have at the plate as much as Jacob Starling, but I, I feel as comfortable with Jacob Starling at the plate in this situation, if not more comfortable than anybody on our roster. You know, he's, he's so cool under pressure. And uh, you think back to that Texas game when the Pirates had fallen behind and then he delivered the solo shot that, that tied things back up and, oh, yeah. That was very reminiscent of that one, you know, hit hit right down the line as that one was against the Longhorns. And and I thought he had done it again, um, except this one would obviously have been to win the game instead of tie it. But, um, you know, hey, he flushed that um, near walk-off, and then he delivered a, a hard-hit line drive back up the middle to, to get the rally going. And then, uh, and then obviously – Later on, Bristol Carter came through. A very good point about the bounce back after the near miss at home run. And I think everybody thought it was gone off the bat. And a very good point that he comes back, delivers a single uh, right at the middle, and um, sets us up in a, in a situation where we can win the ball game. Because sometimes when you have a big moment like that, how many times do you see a big moment like that? And yeah. the next pitch, the guy flies out or he ends up striking out or whatever. I admit, Kyle, that was going through my mind is – was that our shot? And um, when he made that single, I was like, that was just uh, cl- that guy is Starling. They were nicknamed Star. He has a star. He's clutch. I like man. calling him Starfish. There you go. You know, it, it reminded me of uh, the Texas game a few years back when he hit that bomb to left field. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bubba just are- said that, Matt. Okay, well, I, sorry, guys. I, just, I had to disappear <laughs> what, for a what, second. What the hell are you, Dave? I, I had to disappear. He, he just knew I made a good Bubba. point. Yeah, <laughs> Bubba, you made such a great point. I had to rehash that, but yeah, it did. It did look like that when it came off the bat. I'm thinking this is, this is Texas 2.0. Uh, guys, when when Starlin almost hit that home run, it reminded me of the Texas game and the regionals uh, from the Super Regionals a couple years ago. Um, it really put me in mind of that when he tied that game up. I know I'm just you curious. Guys, did you guys see that Texas game a few years? Yeah, back where, yeah, we're Starling. <laughs> he it, we're very reminiscent of that today. <laughs> Oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, our great show is presented by pgxgloves.com. Appreciate Mark Minikazi for all he does. And uh, I got it. That reminds me this week, I got to order my stuff for baseball uh, for my son and softball. And we'll be talking about that uh, at the end of the show. But thanks to him, as always. Appreciate you, Cos. We'll have to get you on very, very soon. Uh, what do you think, Thank guys? You. Go ahead. Dave, I had a question for you, uh, for you and Bubba. Um, where, where would you guys rank that today, atmosphere-wise? Uh, obviously, crowd, it broke all attendance records. But when you um, – let's take regionals and super regionals out of the equations initially. So where would you guys rank that atmosphere-wise for a regular season game? Regular season, definitely top five. Top ten, maybe. But to, I would probably – I think you could argue top five because it was really the crowd – from start to finish, was really into it. Uh, I was happy to see this day and age with the secondary market. I thought there would be more Tar Heel fans, but it was a lot of purple. And I'm saying even more purple than I expected, which I was grateful for, even being that it's a home game. I thought that the uh, just the average fan that maybe not normally cheer as loud, they it seemed to be even louder today than I'm normally used to. So 
um, you know, you don't think this is a big deal uh, for Carolina and East Carolina to play. Uh, 16,090 people for the three games, 6,017 today. Um, a lot of money to be had with those two teams play. And how about the fact that for baseball overall, if you come about college baseball, a top 25 matchup with two schools that are 90 miles apart, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, no doubt. Bubba, where would you rank it uh, in terms of regular season atmospheres? Obviously, there's probably going to be some recency bias here, but as far as regular season atmospheres, you know, uh, I'd say it's you know right there with we had obviously the the largest crowd in school history, uh, at least, at least for, as far as official numbers. I mean, that can be debatable. <laughs> and we had the ticket scanner issue in the super regional against Texas, as well as the regionals. But uh, in addition to the crowd, you know. Pirate Nation was there two and a half, three hours early trying to get into the stadium. Um, I mean, the lines outside of Clark LeClaire Stadium 30 minutes before the gates open were tremendous. And, um, and that, that was something I was hearing about from Johnny Gardner and some of our other listeners uh, while I was en route to the game, just saying this this is going to be an unbelievable atmosphere today. And it certainly did not disappoint. Uh, so, so, Kyle, I'd say, you know, I think back, even though there were times like under Billy Godwin, when North Carolina came in ranked number one and Kevin Brandt shut them out three nothing and certainly some excellent atmospheres, you know, with the likes of you know, NC State or, you know, other, uh, you know, big name opponents. And I, I think this is could very well be number one. Yeah, it was such an intense game and so back and forth. I, I think, you know, they obviously also contributed to such an electric atmosphere later in the game. Hey, by the way, John White would know about this but back in the day of Harrington Field. Only one is, he said, the UNC streaker game. Ha, ha, ha. I am biased, but that game was electric. And people were in uh, the in the trees literally back when the jungle didn't have ticket sales. Wow. I don't know the streaker story for that game. So uh, if anybody cares to elaborate. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here, John. I think it was it like club lacrosse team, and it was one of the guys' birthday, so they stripped his clothes off of him and threw him over the left field fence. Wow! Uh, now he, and, and, and he went he went running from left field to right field or something like that. I, we were at the game <laughs> later that year, and we had to have the streaker story explained to us because obviously this was 1990. Um, you know, we were getting scores oh, from the newspaper, and uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, rugby team. I said lacrosse. So I'm rugby team, and you had, um, you know, we, all we knew was that the Pirates beat the Tar Heels. I think it was. I may, I may be mixing my games up, but uh, yeah, we we beat them that night. Perhaps it was three two, and then we we beat them the next time when we played them in Chapel Hill eight to one, a game which my dad and I were at. And every time Mike Roberts, North Carolina's head coach at the time, uh, ran around to coach third base. These Carolina fans there at Boschmer Stadium were chanting streak, 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 streak. So we had to ask somebody, what's the deal? Why are we chanting streak? You know, now that guy would be a registered sex offender. <laughs> and yeah. one of the guys, I can't remember if it was John White or uh, someone else, you know, told that story that um, Mike Roberts that night at Harrington Field told Gary Overton, 
Now, see, Gary, and that's why I will never come back here to play. How about this? Uh, James says, Cal needs a streak in Dowdy one day. <laughs> oh, damn. I, uh, well. We, we had that streak I, game. How, yeah, Southern years. Miss, 2011. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I will not be streaking in Dowdy uh, anytime soon um, unless I lose a significant amount of weight. Then I might do it just to show off my physique. All right. With a cape, right? No. No cape. Hey, but think about some of these numbers about the game today. Um, I was going to chime in about this when Matt brought up. He didn't know how many pitchers were using this game today on the 10-9 to 9 win for the Pirates over the Tar Heels. 84. Yeah. <laughs> you had uh, a pitcher's duel pretty much for – five innings. I know the Pirates were up four nothing, but our four runs were really on, I think, one or two hits. We'd capitalized to our credit on the Tar Heels issuing some free passes, and then we had made them pay for it. But, uh, but yeah, largely a pitcher's duel through five, and then all you know what broke loose the, the last four innings. In the game, there were 17 pitchers used, nine for East Carolina, and then eight for the Tar Heels. By the way, Justin Butt says he will donate one million to Team Boneyard if Kyle does it. Come on. Well, I'll you know, well, I tell you what, if you'll donate, team, one, if, you'll donate if you'll donate one million to Team Boneyard, if, if we can we can somehow guarantee that I will not be arrested and registered as a sex offender, I'll do it. Um Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know. Irving Bennett said that was the wildest jungle crowd I've ever saw. What a night, LOL. Talking about the streaker game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was uh, 1990. So we'll focus in on 2024. And, uh, yeah, like Bubba said, uh, recent history, the best regular season atmosphere he's seen. Um, Dave said it was top five for him. So um, I, uh, you know, it was, it was great on TV. Yeah. I think, I, I think, for like Donnie Gunner. Bubba, you're breaking up. And I'm sure this is what Donnie thought about. So we'll come back to Bubba in right. a second. Yeah, Bubba, we'll come back to you. We're having some technical difficulties. But, uh, Matt, uh, from you being in Connecticut, the great state of Connecticut, uh, what yeah, do you well, hear from your – Yeah, it's a classic. What do you uh, hear from your colleagues or people up there in Connecticut? Do they know about how good ECU baseball is? They definitely do. And, um, you know, to, just to kind of give you guys an idea, like my, so – my son at his indoor facility where he plays baseball, I hung a ECU flag in there from the rafters. And uh, I have always had people kind of coming up to me, talking to me about ECU baseball. The words definitely spread how good of a program it is. And uh, I think people definitely, uh, most people who follow college baseball have a really good feel for what kind of an environment it is. Um, and just watching that game today on TV, I mean, obviously I wish I could have been there in person, but it, it really looked great on TV. I mean, the crowd looked awesome. It was a pretty good production. So, uh, yeah, word, word is definitely spreading up north. I know our good friend. I yeah, about- talked about it. So I was going to say this real quick. Oh, yeah. uh, I go was talking about on X, which I walked around and saw myself uh, with my son. Uh, <laughs> the tailgating for baseball today was outrageously great. I mean, it was everywhere and he said, 
he said uh, the fact I saw it later this afternoon that it reminded him of like of a football game. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that was uh, amazing how many people were tailgating uh, before the game, and there were some who stayed out in the in the premium lot and the other lots uh, tailgating and and I guess watching the game or listening to the game. If you had jungle tickets, you might as well have. You you see it better that way. But uh, you know, I. I, it's great to see that atmosphere. Like I say, I, I was watching it on TV, and uh, it was great to see the atmosphere on TV. And um, you know, very cool to come away with the win. And you know, this was I, Bubba. I'm, I'm assuming um, I, you you would be the best to ask of the four of us, I guess. Uh, was this the the series of the weekend nationally? Was there anything else that stood up to it? I would imagine so. Um... Because I, I know on our season preview with, with Mike Rooney that um, this is one of a handful of series that we mentioned because it, can you guys hear me all right? We got you. You're perfect. All right. I, I thought I heard you starting to laugh like I was like you were losing me. But um, you just paranoid. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, when we were talking with Mike Rooney at D1 Baseball, this is one of a handful of series that stood out. So I, I would imagine so uh, with with it being just that a series as opposed to an individual matchup, I'll see some of the other prime matchups from the weekend, be it series or single games in uh, the round robin classic format. But um, kind of along the lines of what Johnny Robertson said earlier, some of those season numbers this weekend, Pirates starting pitching against the Tar Heels, 18 and a third innings. Um were the or was the number work between Treya Savage and then also um, Zach Root and uh, Jake Hunter in those eighteen and third innings, two runs, eight hits. Uh, as we know, two of those eight hits came on those fly balls that were lost at twilight, and then twenty four strikeouts compared to just four walks. So just unbelievable starting pitching for the Pirates. And again, uh, if you were not tuned in. Earlier on, uh, Zach Root is our PGXGloves.com Pitcher of the Week, and, and congratulations to him. You know, unfortunately, the Saturday game, as we discussed, was not streamed. But uh, and if you were not able to, uh, and I say it wasn't streamed, it, it, it was streamed by some Pirate fans. <laughs> and uh, and you know, shout out to, to Josh Thomas. Talk to him in the jungle today. And, you know, at ECU, PIR8, and the number eight uh, nation on X. I think he he had right at 3,000, just shy of 3,000 live viewers. And today, I mean, I think probably seven or 8,000 people had watched that stream. Pretty impressive. And, um, you know, shout out to him for doing that. And also Carter Cunningham's dad had one that I did not check out uh, just just being busy attending the game. But um, those, those guys um, doing their best to allow the Pirate fans who cannot attend be able to to have a, a better idea of what's going on pitch to pitch. But you can also go to our YouTube channel and we have uh, a little bit more of an extended sights and sounds than usual because I wanted to allow Vance Root to have the opportunity to, to see Zach pitch. Yeah, his dad is awesome. And, man, Zach, big time. We knew that he would uh, do well. And 
in his second year as a sophomore, um, sophomore lefty man. He is uh, very special, as uh, we know. Trey Savage, and what about uh, guys? What about Jake Hunter? Uh, one of the things I heard around the ballpark today: Would you have uh, putting y'all on the spot? Would you have left Jake Hunter in a little bit longer, or do you take him out like Cliff did? I and I, I guess it depends. Early in the year, I you know. I guess they have the numbers where they where they want him in terms of pitch count. Um, I would have, I would have personally. I, I always want to leave the starters in longer yeah. than we do. Um, I'm kind of old school like that, but uh, so my answer would be, yeah, I would have left them in longer. But I, I do that. I would do that typically more often than we do. Um, but that's not our philosophy. It's not what we do. And uh, Jr. makes a great point. He was at 92 pitches at that time, so. Um, that's a pretty high hit pitch count. So I mean, not, you know, you don't want to you don't want to got to throw his arm away. So you're playing big picture. So I, I, I guess it was the right decision. Yeah, yeah a killer exactly to him potentially be able to come back that next inning was that uh, I I never looked it up to see exactly how many pitches this at bat went, but that at bat where Vance Honeycutt probably fouled off at least five or six pitches before drawing a walk. And, you know, that took him from, I want to say, it had to be at least a 10, if not an 11 or 12 pitch at bat. And, and uh, that that really eliminated any chance that there was of Jake coming back in the, the seventh inning. But, uh, yeah, Jake, I say, you know, in the seventh inning, of, of finishing that inning. But uh, last week, what, five innings, one hit. Today, five and a third, one hit. So, Pretty impressive there, obviously. You know, 10 and one-third innings in his first two starts and just two hits surrendered, if I'm not mistaken, by Jake Hunter. Yeah, I think we have solidified our Sunday starter. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He, he, he was much sharper than a week ago, despite those numbers being similar as far as one hit and five or five and a third. Today, I know he finished uh, walking three, but um, – you know, early on, you know, he, he, was, he was pretty sharp um, from what I recall. And uh, and then I know we talked about how the bullpen struggled. Pirates used eight pitchers in that final three and two-thirds innings. But um, but Aaron Grohler, the transfer from Seton oh, Hall, yeah. he got a big out and the one batter that he faced, a big strikeout. And then also uh, a solid job outside of that uh, wild pitch that allowed the Tar Heels to tie the game by Jackson DiLorenzo. He worked an inning, struck out at least one, and did not surrender a hit or a run. Really liked what I saw and kind of uh, reminded me of longtime Pirate fans. I think we'll understand this analogy. I was talking to Daryl Lawhorn after the game, and he certainly agreed. He he saw where I was coming from with this. And so pirate baseball fans that have been around for, you know, 25 to 30 years will recall Corey Scott, who led the nation in saves. Oh and we've had him on the show before, but Corey was like a, you know, a, probably a 89 to 91 guy. If I had to guess that had a really good curveball. I think DiLorenzo probably throws a little bit harder than that, but just his, body language and mannerism, how quickly he works and his body type reminds me a lot of pirate great Corey Scott. Do we still do mustache March? 
We do. Yep. Okay. Uh, as we come up here on March or in a few weeks, uh, if D. Lorenzo can grow a thick stash with that body type, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got a new nickname for him. He will be, he will be Super Mario. Oh, man. <laughs> he will be Super Mario. Speaking of mustaches, um, a nice comment here by Jeff Collins on YouTube says, is it just me or does Jake Hunter resemble a young catfish hunter? And uh, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, Jeff, that was great to, that you brought that up. Uh, guy that's from Hertford. And what was cool about catfish is that people would drive up and you see catfish hunter uh, helping the high, local high school, Perquimans High School. So, um, yeah, cat, catfish, um, catfish was very close uh, with my cousin John, who passed away as a teenager. Uh, he did the eulogy at his funeral. John was a very good baseball player. And uh, so, uh, yeah, um, catfish, uh, another guy that uh, fortunately lost his battle with ALS. Yeah, hopefully we can find a cure for that someday. James says Sarah would love the Mario stash. It's, it's very true. Sarah says James's girlfriend is a huge uh, Super Mario and Nintendo fan. So, indeed, she would. All right, guys. Uh, what you got coming up this week? Uh, by the way, we... I, thinking of coming up this week. Well, we got to give our PGA Gloves uh, Player of the, of the Week. We did the pitch. Yeah. We have no Player of this, the Week. This was a, a challenging decision. Obviously, Carter Cunningham, Jacob Starling had excellent weeks. Um Star and Carter, you know, uh, I think had a hit in most every game. They both had four hit games in the Saturday's seven to four victory over the Tar Heels. But uh, we decided, um, as solid as their weeks were, um, so was JJC, Jacob Jenkins Cowart, um, the Pirates' right fielder. You know, he he's hitting right around five hundred on the season had not seen the updated stats uh following today's game but he had a couple hits today uh eight out of 17 was jjc five rbi um at least a couple doubles if not more a couple walks so an on-base percentage of greater than 500 and jjc is just crushing the baseball to all fields and you know early on today you know helped the pirates um get to Get to the Tar Heels starter Johnson, you know, very quickly, hitting a laser in the left field that uh, short hopped the Tar Heel left fielder. So, congratulations to JJC, Jacob Jenkins Cowart. And uh, also, he had a tremendous play, if not more, in right field. I, I think it was you know, fairly early on, the, the first three or four innings of yesterday's game, a, a Tar Heel hit a warning track shot, and he made the catch right up against the fence. And as we know in the past, there have been some uh, you know, some um, miscues by J.J.C. in right field, but he's he's really worked to improve that, that aspect game? of his game, and he's obviously done so. <laughs> God, Kyle. <laughs> uh, did, we, did we play Texas, Kyle? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, uh, we did. <laughs> We did. We, I remember something about that. Uh, the game against the right Texas. field. Yeah, it was yeah. in the right field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So as we look ahead to this week, uh, got uh, got Old Dominion midweek. Is that Tuesday or Wednesday, guys? Tuesday. Is that in Norfolk Tuesday. or Greenville? Norfolk. 
Okay, so tough road game uh, up in Norfolk. I have no idea what the, how the Monarchs are looking this year. But I'm telling you what, if I wanted to play the Pirates, now would be the time. Um, yeah, this is a classic uh, trap game, hangover mm-hmm. game, however you want to call it on paper. So uh, we're gonna have to come, gonna have to come out and um, and uh, be dialed in, so we don't want to lose another midweek game. Uh, g- g- put this one behind us and uh, get ready for the Monarchs, and then this coming weekend. You got the Keith LeClaire Classic with the yep. likes of Purdue and Fullerton in Southwest Louisiana. So uh, uh, another tough week coming up. Southeast uh, Louisiana, but uh, yeah, they're uh, a great one. I moved right? them. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Move from east to west doesn't matter. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, big a big series coming up on Tuesday because the trouble we had last year, as people were pointing out after Tuesday's game last week with Campbell, can we ever win? This is not me, but I saw a lot of comments can we ever win a midweek game um, again which we can and will no we never will you don't think we'll ever win no no never oh man so just don't even go up to norfolk on tuesdays we'll never win another midweek game okay all right along those lines it's just comical to me you know i understand everybody's frustration as far as Dropping some midweek games, especially four one-run games to Campbell. Um, obviously, they're a, a tremendous program, and, and it's just one of those things. You know, very rare that you see when you're seeing two tremendous teams and programs like East Carolina and Campbell match up that you see all four one-run games go to to one of those teams. But um, it just is laughable to me when I see people acting like Cliff Godwin doesn't understand the importance of the midweek games. Exactly. It's, uh, it's it. and you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I, I just, I just, I just think it's a joke. Some of the things that people say about that. And, uh, but I guess it's not too, uh, it's not too surprising you know, whatsoever. People are just frustrated and want the Pirates to win. But, uh, and, and like I said, there are always going to be different opinions as far as how you should go about things from a pitching standpoint. But uh, along those lines, again, against Old Dominion, it'll be great to see, uh, you know, who who we decide to go with. You know, we went with Chris Kaler against the Camels, went two and a third, and uh, he had pitched very well in his first four and a third today. Um, not as much, I mean, it fell behind some and, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets the ball once again in the midweek scenario on, on Tuesday against the Monarchs. No doubt. It's going to be, uh, be a great one. Uh, great. I think it'll be a great game. And, you know, this is a big week guys, uh, because you've got, uh, if you can win the ODU game, um, you got a good chance to win the Keith LeClaire classic. And uh, that would be great to see the Pirates go like three and one this week, but we'll see how uh, it'd be great to have all four. Right, Kyle? Yeah, of course you're playing four games. You want to win them all four completely possible, um, but it won't be easy. Um, again, I'm not sure how good ODU is this year in recent years. They've put a very competitive team on the field. Uh, came close to, or they did host a few years ago, but it was in Columbia um, for whatever reason, didn't host yeah. in Norfolk at a minor league park or anything. Um but uh, good program, so good, good. Another good midweek test. We're gonna have to get back refocused after the big win today, 
And then uh, next weekend, Keith Lakota Classic, Purdue, solid program out of the Big Ten. Cal State Folds, it's not what they used to be, but uh, our former pitching coach is there as their head coach. And uh, I believe yeah, it, Jason I Dietrich. Back the, Dietrich, yeah, he took them back to the regionals last year, didn't he? They did, and they went to the regionals and at Stanford, and then they started this year at the Cardinal uh, at Sunken Diamond there in Palo Alto and took two out of three Oof. from Stanford. I say it was in Palo Alto. I may, I believe that was the case, but nonetheless, they took two out of three from Stanford because Coach Godwin was saying, you know, Coach Dietrich, I believe, may have been sandbagging a little because he said, I think we may struggle some, and then they come out of the gates and take two out of three from the Stanford Cardinal, who's been right there with East Carolina and, you know, a handful of o other programs as far as being, you know, so consistent, being in Super Regionals and hosting on a regular basis over the last five to six years. And uh, and we'll dive into some of the scores very quickly around the American. Uh, I'm taking a look at Wichita State, the Shockers, obviously a new regime there in Wichita they took two out of three from Arkansas Little Rock on opening weekend. This weekend, they were down in Jacksonville um, playing uh, at an event that was being you know, broadcast by Darren Vault, who's a, the basketball play-by-play -play voice for East Carolina this year. And then also Kyle Peterson. They lost a 5-4, to four, I believe it was 10-inning thriller against Virginia. And, and then... Got beat pretty badly, 19 to eight by Auburn before bouncing back and defeating an Iowa team that I believe was ranked in the top 25, 12 to six. So, so now they are three and three. Um, also, you had Kennesaw State uh, um, taking on UAB. So UAB, just bear with me one moment here. Didn't have a chance to to get these together before the show, but uh, UAB is now three and four and uh, they, they're playing Southeastern Louisiana. So intriguing there because that will be the Pirates opponent on Saturday and Southeastern Louisiana went into Birmingham and took two out of three from UAB. Uh, the Blazers won Friday night's game three to two, but then Southeastern Louisiana bounced back and, and won six to three and fourteen to seven in the next two games, um, and then you had um, and that's a Kennesaw Kennesaw State team that uh, had defeated Clemson eighteen to one. If you guys recall that, um, you had Memphis uh, obviously a coaching change there as well. The Tigers are off to a four and four start after losing two out of three to Jacksonville State. Um, they lost the midweek game to Little Rock, and then this weekend, or excuse me, and they also had a midweek game against Central Arkansas, which they won, took two out of three this weekend, uh, including scoring um, 14 and 13 runs respectively in those victories in the final two games of that series with uh, the Falcons. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, Actually, uh, one other one other of note, Charlotte was taking on an ACC opponent in a three-game series, and that was the Virginia Tech Hokies, and Charlotte dropped two out of three, losing 10 to nothing and 10 to five before – excuse me, that, that, was, that was last weekend, uh, West Virginia. 
uh, tonight or this weekend. If you can't tell, uh, I'm exhausted. But uh, and the they as they did against the Hokies, the 49ers fell in two out of three of those games against the the Big 12 Mountaineers. And and now uh, that that will be enough for our scoreboard tonight. Uh, since Boy, I didn't have this group. It, I promise you it will. And that'll do it for me on the show, too. Adios. Right, Thank you, Bubba's done. <laughs> We're going to uh, appreciate uh, Bubba's hard work and, of course, Matt. And um, Kyle, do you have anything? I, I don't know. Apparently, I offended Bubba with my joke. I thought it was pretty damn funny myself. Um, I, right, I, 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 I've got nothing. Uh, we Great weekend for the Pirates. We take all, we took two out of three from the Tar Heels. So, uh, you know, two and two on the week. Uh, big week coming up with uh, the Monarchs and the Keith LeClaire Classic. Uh, so, a uh, lo- lot, of, lot of good baseball to look forward to. Everybody enjoy uh, enjoy taking two out of three from the Tar Heels, rubbing in all your uh, – the good thing, the best part about this is when you go to work Monday, and, of course, you'll have Tar Heel fans that will pretend like they don't give a damn about baseball, and half of them don't. <laughs> they only care about basketball. But the ones that do care about baseball, rubbing in their face all week long. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, JR says, great show tonight. In fact, he said Kyle was extra entertaining. So I appreciate that, JR. I always try to be extra. No doubt. Hey, by the way, uh, like we talked about the big series, pgxgloves.com. Before we get out of here, we're going to talk about those great, great folks there. Mark Minakazi and company, of course, played third base for the Pirates back in the day. And pgxgloves.com Kyle they have everything that you could ever want yeah okay. batting gloves they got they got batting gloves they got golfing gloves maybe maybe your kid plays football they got wide receivers gloves uh, pgxgloves.com all your athletic gloves needs i don't i don't think they got winter gloves or anything like that but if you need any kind of any kind of gloves for any sort of athletics pgxgloves.com is your hookup Go there. I'm assuming we're still doing promo code ECU to save yourself 20% at checkout. So uh, don't forget your promo code. Save yourself 20%. Order yourself some gloves, some golf gloves, or whatever sport your kid plays, from baseball to softball to football. Uh, PGXGloves.com is your hookup. Love it. And uh, appreciate this. Uh, PGXGloves.com. Mark Benicassi's support of the program. I think four or five seasons now. It's a lot. So uh, appreciate him very, very much. And I learned a long time ago to well, whoever is doing business with you, you do business with them, support them. It's pirates supporting pirates. So uh, check out pgxclubs.com and help a former pirate. He's a pirate always, but uh, former pirate baseball player, I should say, and Mark Minikazi. All right, uh, Bubba, we're going to get out. You ready to get out of here? There was one other thing I, I wanted to mention or Actually, uh, you know, promoting some upcoming content uh, on Monday night, uh, and we have a little 60-second snippet of this on our YouTube channel already. Coach Connors on Absolute Empowerment presented by Ed Watkins Marine. You know, Ed Watkins Marine, located in the greater Charlotte area of our state, go to edwatkinsmarine.com. Uh, you know, for all of your boating needs, uh, you know, whether it's something with an existing boat that you own or if you're in the market for a new boat, but um, on tomorrow night's edition of Absolute Empowerment with Coach Connors, he had Cliff Godwin in an excellent 50-minute conversation. And um, like I said, and there's a little preview of that on our YouTube channel already. 
uh, referencing back in 2016 when the Pirates nearly went to Omaha and, you know, Coach Godwin's, you know, mindset um, during that time and, and just, you know, he was, he was very thankful in a kind of a, in a roundabout way as much as it hurt at the time for the Pirates not to go to Omaha. It was um, kind of a blessing in disguise as he describes it and definitely check that out um, and hear the entire 50 minutes tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Uh, that's going to be great. And uh, a lot of people will be tuned in uh, for that. No doubt about it. All right, guys, thanks so much for appreciate uh, Matt, Bubba, Kyle. We'll get out of here. Good luck to the Pirates on the road on Tuesday at three o'clock in Norfolk against the Old Dominion. Of course, the Keith LeClaire Classic Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that'll be at Clark LeClaire. Until next time, I'm Dave Richmond. You've been listening and watching Extra Innings right here on the Sports Objective. It's every Sunday night. Go Pirates! That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by PGXGloves.com on the Sports Objective. Join us again next Sunday night as we will again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the Sports Objective on social media. It can be found at the Sports OBJ on X, at the Sports Objective on Instagram and TikTok. Like and follow the show on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. When you subscribe, be sure to click the notification bell and all so you're alerted on your device anytime we go live or upload new content. As always, we appreciate you watching and listening to the show. Go Pirates!